Hello to all our wedding planning couples. I'm Tara and welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. I'm excited to share my creativity and 14 years experience as a professional wedding planner and decorator. And I'm Josh and we're so happy you're joining us for some solid down to earth wedding planning advice that I've accumulated over my 18 years in the industry. We believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting and coordination services. Visit us at completewedo.com for more information. The perfect day is planned and ready to go. So now we talk execution. How do you create and effectively communicate the timeline to all your vendors? We're going to discuss that today. So Tara, let's jump right in from the perspective of being a wedding planner. What is the advice that you would give to couples to make sure that they create and uh, hand out a nice flowing wedding day assignment for all the, the vendors they're going to be working with? The first thing I would definitely go into is creating that day of timeline. This is something that obviously, if you're working with a wedding planner or a day of coordinator, that they can do for you. But if you're trying to do it yourself, I, besides just thinking it through in your head, actually put it on paper and put it into a document that you can share, not only with your wedding party, but with all of your vendors. And that timeline is, is really kind of the Bible of the evening. It's what your vendors will look back on not only to see timing, but really the big flow of the day. What's happening after we got done with this and what's gonna happen around this time. And so that they can effectively plan all of your photos out and dinner and everything else. And so really diving into, I create timelines that are anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 minute increments, depending on what part of the day I'm looking into. And so really taking the time to sit down and map out everything that's happening on Friday, the day before your wedding, you know, any appointments, any uh, rehearsals and rehearsal dinners, and then going into the full day of schedule, starting with, you know, what are you doing when you wake up? Um, and I always encourage couples to not forget about both parties. Like it's often very heavy on the bridal party. And so the day is really, what are they doing? Because obviously the, and I say bridal party, I mean the bridesmaids and whatnot, the girls have a lot more intricate details in the morning. The guys, in a sense, wake up, uh, hopefully take a shower, get dressed, and you know show up sometimes. But often, I'll see that maybe they have a golf outing, or you know something else that they need to do in the morning. And so, just make sure that you accurately put on there everybody that would have a play in your day in what they would be doing. And uh, being a guy who's been through a wedding and been through plenty of uh, other people's weddings as well, I, I would take that a step further and say, make sure that you do put something down for the guys. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is uh, I've seen wedding timelines that say you need to be at the church at one o'clock for pictures. Uh, okay, I normally get out of bed at about six o'clock in the morning. So does that mean I get to do whatever the heck I want to for the whole morning? Uh, I think that I'm, you know, generally a pretty put together adult, but there's generally not only one groomsman and the rest of the wedding party and the groom. <laughs> and you got to kind of spoon feed that a little bit more. So I would highly encourage, uh, have something for the guys to do. Even if it's something like, Hey, you guys are going to go have breakfast at nine o'clock in the morning. I don't care where it is, but get that done. And, uh, if it's uh, go play golf, say, Hey, go play golf. And, we can set the time that we think that everything's going to be starting and ending. Um, so that way, you know, you can really uh, know where everyone's going to be dur during the timeline. And so 
one thing that I also saw that you mentioned, you said, uh, put together what your Friday, the day before the wedding looks like. And I'm, I'm assuming you didn't mean the Friday before the wedding, put the timeline together for Saturday. <laughs> I, I think that you're talking about having this, uh, in, in well advance and basically the time that everybody walks into the, uh, place where the wedding's going to be before the rehearsal dinner, you're giving everyone the, uh, you park the car and here's what you're doing for the rest of the weekend kind of time frame. Is, is that what you're really getting at? Yeah, I often, when I'm creating a timeline, uh, again, we're also uh, usually the ones that are decorating as the, the wedding planners. And so on my timeline, a lot of times on Fridays, if I know the bridesmaids and whatnot have nail appointments at noon, which is an, an ideal thing on Fridays, then I'm going to put nail appointment at noon and where it's at. Then I'm going to put on there when we start decorating. Um, and then I typically will put on there the rehearsal time and then what time the rehearsal dinner and again where it's at. I would definitely encourage people to not only put the item on your timeline that you're you're expecting to happen at that time, but who's involved. And so a lot of times on my timeline, if we, you know, let's go into the wedding day and so on. Saturday morning, we have hair and makeup. I'm putting also on the timeline where that hair and makeup is happening. So it's at the salon. So that when my bridesmaids get that list, they're not, are we getting ready at the hotel or are we getting ready at the salon? Read my timeline. <laughs> um, I'm also putting any of the intricate details for the vendors. Um, so if I have um, like on my timelines and not all brides and grooms who are doing this themselves go into all the vendor load-ins, but I would encourage you to so that you really know what that day looks like and who you need to hold accountable at certain times. And again, you know, kind of appointing somebody to greet them, meet them if you don't have a coordinator. And so I'm putting on there, you know, photographer arrives at the venue and then on parentheses, I'm putting who the photographer is. Um, I would also go a step further in creating a vendor list for your wedding party your venue, um, your photographer, your DJ, those key people, and actually having um, a list with names, phone numbers, emails, so that if they are, if the photographer's, you know, waiting for you to get dressed and they realize that the videographer hasn't arrived, they don't have to go bother you to figure out who to call to see if the videographer, maybe they want to take it upon themselves to call or text the videographer and say, hey, we're getting ready to do first look, where are you? Um, and so they can help you with those kind of things if you give them the right information. Yeah, totally agree. I've I've been part of planning, you know, many weddings, many corporate type of events, many uh, just guys weekends where we go watch a baseball game in a city that we haven't been to before. And I would say that it's uh, pretty pretty consistently across the board. Um, you know, great advice to put the list of the who and the how to get a hold of everybody together. And then uh, something as simple as a PowerPoint you know, with a map on it. And uh, here's the timing of how everything happens works really well. Um, generally speaking, I'll build things of this nature in an Excel document and I'll have a tab for vendors, a tab for all the different locations. I'll have a tab for people in the wedding party. I'll have a tab for all the, uh, the timing that we're going to do. And then you can disseminate that out to uh, a family timeline that's going to go on your actual website for, for guests. Then you'll have a uh, vendor timeline that's going to have the most detail of everything. And then you'll have your wedding party timeline and family timeline 
telling them exactly where they have to be because they're usually going to have things to happen the the day before because that's when rehearsals and rehearsal dinners happen but the most important thing is uh like like we mentioned before uh the second that everybody pulls into town they need to know exactly where they're going and until it gets to the point of you've been through your first dance and then kind of leave everybody to their devices to uh, enjoy stuff as they want and then have whatever your morning after brunch, breakfast, you know, gift opening thing, uh, just lay everything out, spoon feed it to them. Your, your guests will appreciate that tremendously. And honestly, your vendors do as well. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing I would point when you, when you involve family in a timeline, if you're anything like my family, they are always late and, I I can't do anything about it. And so if you can effectively communicate a timeline that actually has some buffer time in there, and so maybe pictures are at 2 p.m., but you tell your family 1.30 because you know they're going to show up at 1.45 or even 2. Um, so know that. Know if you have people that are constantly running late, build that into your timeline effectively and make sure that you put some buffer time in there. That was actually going to be my next question is uh, where do you put the buffer time and how do you know what what you need to put a buffer on? Is it specific services? Is it uh, certain types of events? Is it based around the people that are going to be involved in the, the said piece? So uh, expand on that a little bit more. Yeah. So again, buffer time would be if you're, again, kind of adding in some extra time before, you know, pictures or whatnot to allow for those late guests. The other times that we kind of, I guess, if you want to call it buffer time is give yourself time at least 30 minutes. If not, you know, I have some photographers that would prefer an hour, but they have me build in either 30 minutes to an hour before the ceremony starts for the wedding party to just relax and refresh after pictures um, and just take some downtime before they have to walk down the aisle and the day becomes a blur. And so definitely putting that extra time in there for you to just have a moment. And that moment may not happen because maybe wedding party and family pictures actually went over your time, but now you're not running late because you automatically already built in that 30 minutes to an hour downtime. The other thing that I always encourage couples to do is the wedding day goes by so fast. Your nerves are crazy. Uh, typically, as the bridesmaids are getting ready, they are having mimosas and cinnamon rolls and fruit and all of that stuff. And then, you know, they get to taking pictures and all of that. And the ceremony may be at three, but dinner's not until six. Don't forget to eat lunch. And so I always build into the timeline a extra little 30 minutes or so for them to eat lunch. Um, because if you don't put it on the timeline, sometimes they, it just doesn't happen. Um, and so make sure that you give yourself some time to really like eat, relax, and just kind of enjoy the day. And then when it comes to like reception buffer times, there's, I don't really build in a lot of buffer times in the reception because in my mind, the flow of the reception on the timeline does not really, like if I put six o'clock first dances and they don't happen until 630, that is not the end of the world. No one, you know, your guests don't know what our timeline looks like unless again, you've shared it with them. The major things on your timeline that need to happen at the time that we say is hair appointments and makeup appointments need to happen at the time because if those are running late, your entire day runs late. Um, the ceremony needs to go on time because you don't want people waiting and wondering like, it's supposed to start at three, it's 3.15, like what's going on? Are they not getting married? Um, and you obviously can't start those kind of stuff early because you're waiting for people to arrive. 
and then dinner. Dinner should go at the time that you say because you don't want your buffet sitting there and waiting for you. You can't go early on your buffet because the caterers may not be ready. And so other than that, those three times are the only ones I tell my clients like, no, like we are going to be hard on getting this, these times ready. You know, even if pictures before the ceremony don't exactly go at the time we say, we know we have a little bit of time usually after the ceremony to finish up those pictures. Or maybe it's, we didn't get those full family pictures. And so instead of some of the dancing portion of the night during the reception, we have to go back and take some of those formal family pictures. And so you can always build those in other places, but those other three things that I mentioned really should be at the time that you have set and it's close to, and everything else is a moving target and a flow of the day and try to relax. But creating that timeline and knowing that you at least have a plan is going to set you up for success. Yeah, that's exactly the direction that I was going to go as well. There's certain things that there's just absolutely nothing you can do about the timing. And uh, I, you know, don't really have much hair. So uh, hair is not normally one of the appointments that I think <laughs> of. But the first place that I was going to go is uh, dinner. And I look at dinner as the most hard and fast thing. Um, the caterers build their entire day the same way that, that you as a wedding planning couple is going to. And the food is going to taste best at the time that dinner is. Uh, pretty standard dinner time is about 630. And so uh, making sure that you're on time for dinner and that all your vendors are ready to execute on that is going to be probably the most important thing. I would put the ceremony as number two. And uh, the, the third one that I actually had was uh, keep in mind the times that you have your vendors contracted. And the rule of thumb that I always give couples is that dinner takes an hour and a half. I don't care if you're having hot dogs in a park or if you're having, you know, a fully, fully catered multi-course uh, meal so like a 6 30 dinner you should be expecting to do your first dances around 8 30 that's the rule of thumb that i generally kind of look at um it can it can go a little bit give or take but generally that's the amount of time i tell couples to account for so if your photographer is only there until 8 30 9 o'clock you got to be hustling to make sure that first dances if those are happening after dinner get in if you want pictures of a bouquet and or garter toss you need to be you know kind of hustling you need to make sure that uh, your, your certain vendors know what other things on the timeline are needing to happen. And so that that's the next question that I wanted to get into is how do you properly engage the vendors and, you know, select who's going to be the one or the, the ones outside of obviously a full day wedding coordinator. I think we're kind of doing this, uh, assuming that you don't have one. Um, who, are, who are the vendors that you really need to lean on to help keeping the uh, day move? Yeah. For, I mean, for the beginning of your day is really your photographer. And so work closely with your photographer on what does, what does it look like when they arrive? Are they arriving while you're still, do, still doing hair and makeup? Or are they arriving when you are just about to get into your wedding dress and starting with more, you know, detail shots rather than hair and makeup? And so really kind of let them dictate that flow of the day and hopefully keep you on schedule. Um, they typically, all of the photographers I work with, in a sense, build their own photo timeline based on the photo needs you give them. And so if you've told them that you want, you know, the wedding party in their robes and then, you know, cheersing mimosas and stuff like that, then they're going to accurately plan that they are there at that time. And then if you are going into more of, you know, we want to go off site for bridal party pictures and stuff like that, it's, you know, their job to kind of build in also that travel time. And so they kind of 
now know that, okay, you have six bridesmaids, six groomsmen, you want, you shared all their Pinterest ideas and you have all these fun group shots as well as individual shots. Like they know that that's going to take maybe more like an hour rather than 30 minutes because you also want to do it offsite. And so when they're building their timeline, they're taking all of that into account, hopefully. Um, and then the same thing, like when it comes to the family pictures, if you're doing those prior to, they're looking at your family dynamic. Okay, they want mom and dad, bride and groom. They want mom, dad, bride, groom, brother, sister. And they start building out how many different sets of pictures that they're taking so that they can accurately know, is this taking 30 minutes? Is this taking an hour? Is this gonna take an hour and a half because you have a huge family? And so really you utilize their knowledge on how long pictures are going to take and don't expect all wedding party and family pictures to be taken in 20 minutes. It just doesn't happen that way. People don't listen. Um, and so it's a lot of corralling uh, your wedding party and your guests during that time. And so they typically will build out. I always build out at least 30 minutes for those different um, dynamic pictures. But definitely, I have a lot of photographers that build out an hour for wedding party and an hour for family. And I want to take a moment to really lean into something that you alluded to and just be as direct as possible about it. You have to engage the first half of the day of the photographer, because I 100% I agree that the photographer is who's going to keep you on schedule the first half of the day. If your photographer looks at what you put together for a timeline and a list of needs, and they say, there's no way this is going to work and we need to adjust this, you need to take that feedback seriously and work with them to put something together that works for both of you. So that way there's clear expectations from, from both sides of everything going into the day. And, you know, I, I 100% agree that the uh, first half of the day, the key vendor that's going to help keep you honest and on, on time is your photographer. So definitely lean on them to get that type of uh, part right. The other thing that I'll mention, if you've got the big family and you have all the different pictures that you want, uh, definitely assign a family member to be the uh, bad cop, if you will. Uh, a lot of times siblings, cousins, things of that nature work really well to yell at Uncle Bob and Aunt Millie and say, hey, you guys really do need to be over here or you're going to, you know, cut down on cocktail hour. None of us want that to happen. <laughs> so come on, let's keep it rolling. <laughs> yes, yes. Having that extra person, if you're not going to have a day of coordinator, definitely appoint somebody to be kind of like your personal assistant. Um, this is somebody who's not a, a bridesmaid's groomsman. This is somebody that's, you know, again, somebody outside of that wedding party that can be your gopher. They, you know, let's say it's ready for your detail shots and you just realize you haven't grabbed your bouquet off the, the counter in the kitchen. They can go run and grab that and you can keep getting dressed. And so definitely, yeah, appoint that person and then have everything ready to go for the day so that you don't have those last minute running around. Where did I put my jewelry? Where are my shoes? Like pack all that stuff up the night before, two nights before, have it already ready to go in your bridal suite. Um, so that you can effectively just kind of keep moving with the day without little details. The other thing I would say is if you are going to have those big wedding parties and that big family shots, like talking to your photographer, it's if, if it's a single photographer and they can't effectively get it all done in that timeline that you're hoping to stay with, maybe they need to bring a second shooter and maybe you need to look at adding that on. And so definitely communicate what your time constraints may be um, for the day for your vendors so that they can effectively execute what your plan is too. And I would go the same thing, taking it a step back further. If you have six to eight bridesmaids and you're with one hair person and one makeup artist, 
they're not going to get done in a timely manner for you to start, you know, first looks and all that at noon or one. Um, so making sure that you have the appropriate staffing in the morning to set yourself up for success. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the uh, second half of the day and how you keep on time. And uh, I think the first thing we want to do is kind of define what that second half of the day um, kind of turning point is. And as a DJ myself, I've always looked at the DJ as the uh, schedule owner for the second half of the day working, you know, with everybody and, and helping to MC through the uh, reception and, and drive the timing. And so uh, for me, I've always looked at it as the second that the wedding party walks in to cocktail hour to be introduced to everybody is kind of the moment that I take over, which starts with me lining everybody up out in the hallway, going through names and, and so forth. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? DJ plays a big component in your reception and the flow of the day. So yes, absolutely. I would agree. Again, we're, we're talking to the more DIY brides that aren't having a wedding coordinator. And so lean on your DJ to help you create that flow of reception uh, from, you know, when your guests arrive at the reception, is there any announcement that you need your DJ to make? Maybe your guest book wasn't at the ceremony. And so he's making the announcement, please sign the guest book. Uh, you know, appetizers and cocktails are ready. The bride and groom will be here in an hour or whatever it is that they need to make those announcements for. And they're kind of that, that greeter and that, you know, communicator of what's to come so that your guests aren't just kind of wandering around like, where are they? What are they doing? When are they going to be here? You know, he's, they're communicating that for them. And then yes, hands down, once that grand entrance happens, the DJ, you know, sets the tone and kind of keeps things flowing. We definitely here at Complete train our DJs to, um, I always laugh at our salespeople because they call them mini coordinators. And as a wedding coordinator, I'm like, what? They don't do my job, but they really do. Um, they really can. They're hopefully communicating with all of your vendors. You know, grand entrance usually leads right into dinner. And so is there a prayer? Your DJ should know who's giving the prayer and already have that guy or girl lined up to, hey, the moment I do grand entrance, I'm going to call you up here to do the prayer. Be ready. Like, don't go anywhere. Um, and so they're lining those people up and making sure that those people are, are ready to go. When it's time for dinner, the last thing you want to do is release tables and the caterer not be ready. And so your DJ is checking in with the caterer, like, hey, you know, grand entrance, they're, they're outside, they're ready. We're going grand entrance, prayer, dinner. Are you ready to go? Because I don't want to have any lull time. I'm just, I'm rolling with it. And your caterer, you know, gives them the thumbs up or says, oh, you know, we're just waiting on one thing. If you don't mind doing grand entrance and installing for a minute before prayer, uh, you know, and so they're communicating and giving those, you know, thumbs up cues across the room that everything's set and ready to go. And, and then your DJ, helps the flow of the the buffet typically or if it's a plated meal you know again just making sure before he moves on to the next thing that every table has been released or every table has been served and um you know we can move on to the next things and again over communicating even with the client and so we don't want to go right into toast if all the wedding party isn't at the head table. And so he's getting the wedding party to the head table. He's making sure that champagne has been poured. He, you know, let's say it's time for um, the, the bride wants to bustle her dress before doing toast. Again, DJ is typically checking in with the client to say, hey, you know, I have time, I have post as next thing on your, your timeline. It looks like we got everybody through the buffet pretty quickly. Do you want to go ahead and move on with that? Actually, no, I need to go bustle my dress play another song, I'll be right back. And so that 
communication throughout the night is key. You know, it's not that we're wanting to like check up on you like every 10 seconds to make sure you're good. It's really just making sure that you don't have anything that we need to stall for. And so utilize your DJ to really keep that flow and that communication between you as well as your vendors. Yeah, I've always uh, talked about myself uh, as, as a wedding DJ, as I'm a, I'm a wedding coordinator that's good with music, but I'd really <laughs> kind of put things in this order. I'm a wedding coordinator that's a really good MC that's really good with music. And it's really, it's really in that order. And that's how important I think uh, it is to keep things flowing. And a good DJ will keep you on schedule and they'll do things like not get you stressed out if the food's five minutes late. And they'll also not make your caterer look like a bunch of fools as well. And so if everybody communicates effectively, you can kind of, you know, hide things behind the pinstripes, if you will, and still be still be on time. And you know, when I make the comment about it takes an hour and a half for dinner, it takes an hour and a half for the entire process to, to do that and get yourself ready to start dancing. You know, and uh, as much as you can keep to the uh, have dinner on time and just be clear about, you know, how late the cameras are there, because, um, you know, that's an extra thing that I'll throw out. I don't want to start toast until the cameras are in place. If you're getting a video, uh, the the worst thing that you can do is uh, start a toast and you got the father of the bride getting up to you know, make some kind of comments, welcoming people and the videographers in the bathroom, you know, that's, that's the, that's the most important thing to make sure is avoided. So uh, I think we're on the same page that your photographer is going to be a key vendor for the first half of the day. Your, uh, your DJ is your key vendor for the second half of the day. Anything to add to that? Yeah, no, the, the big thing I would say in utilizing that DJ to its fullest is they're also going to be the ones that can play the audible. And so if you have always had that you're going to do a dollar dance, but it actually, you decide that you want to skip that, communicate that with your DJ, because the last thing that you want is them to announce things that you're like, nah, never mind, we don't want to do that anymore. Um, and so effectively go through, like, even if you've made the timeline, know that the timeline could have changes, the, the day could impact things. Um, and so just make sure that you have that open line of communication throughout the night of any changes that you want to be. And if you're not filling something, that, that timeline is not set in stone. You can cross off anything you want if you choose that you don't want to do it after all. Yeah, my comment to couples is always, uh, I can't unannounce anything and I can't unplay any songs. So, you know, let, let, let me know if uh, you're not feeling it at that point. So outside of your, your DJ and your photographer, what other vendors would you put as a uh, key driver for a timeline that they need to know they have kind of responsibility or key vendor status, if you will, is there anybody else that you would add to those two? I mean, you touched on the fact of if you have a videographer, obviously they're going to play hand in hand a lot with your photographer um, and usually follow that same timeline schedule, but they also may want to set up their own shots. And so maybe they want to build their own buffer into the reception so that they can take you out for sunset and you can dance in the moonlight or, you know, whatever it may be. And so definitely just make sure you communicate with them what their needs are. And then really your, your venue coordinator or the venue, if you have somebody, um, or again, that personal assistant that you may have, there are things during the reception that they may need to have a part in. And that could be as simple as dimming the lights, like give them that timeline and tell them like first dance is happening around this time. I expect you to be at the light switch and ready to go to dim our lights, or maybe it's bring the lights back up for something else, or maybe your venue is providing your microphones for some reason, like 
make sure that they all are aware of that timeline and when they need to have certain equipment ready. Um, especially like if your venue is helping you tear down tables after dinner so you can actually have a dance floor, then make sure that that is effectively communicated so that again, that doesn't stall the rest of the evening. Yeah, and a quick side note, if you're talking about taking tables off the dance floor, make sure to one, uh, count for that amount of time. Uh, make sure to talk to the venue and find out if they're doing that or if there's any level of uh, help that's gonna be needed, I, I say. Um, generally speaking, the uh, groomsmen are uh, great grunt labor to do things like clear off tables and move them if you need to do something like that. And uh, when you're thinking about how you're seating your guests from a seating arrangement standpoint, um, put the college friends on the tables that have to move for the dance floor. Don't put grandma and grandpa or aunts and uncles or anything like that. Just kind of be aware of you know how how that's going to have to flow and just a little bit of thought in that initial piece goes a really, really long way. So any other thoughts on how to uh, make sure you keep on schedule outside of just putting the good, reliable schedule together with the uh, buffer time and assigning the key vendors, anything to add? The last thing that I would add is that if you don't feel comfortable in creating that timeline, Often, if you're not going to have a day of coordinator, um, you can definitely reach out to your other vendors to help you. Like, again, your photographer is typically going to create the first half of the day timeline, but they know what a second half of the timeline, you know, day looks like. And so if you need their suggestions on what that flow is, then ask them. The DJ or, you know, us as complete here in the office, our salespeople were, were used to helping brides figure out what that flow of the day is. And so ask for our help. We, we will gladly um, you know, kind of help put that plan into place for you. Um, and then, you know, basically give you give you the pointers and you just have to type it out. The, the other thing is that we offer, um, and I know a lot of other people do, we offer in a sense clarity calls or, or mini planning sessions where you can in a sense book an hour, two hours with us to just dive into timeline or dive into your invitations or dive into how do I do hotel room blocks, whatever it may be you know, look for those. If you don't have it in your budget to have a wedding day coordinator, there's often other services that you can look into that will give you some clarity and pre-planning help to point you in the right direction before, you know, the day happens. And then here's an extra quick plug for multi-service vendors. Generally, if you pick up a vendor that does more than one thing, they're going to have more of an idea of how a day is put together. So that's, uh, yes. that's the last thing there. Dream uh, so team. The dream team. Yeah, we're better together. So any uh, any parting shots before we get out of here? No, I just don't get too stressed out over the timeline. I know that couples often look, my timelines can be pretty, pretty inclusive. And so like you had said, I think earlier, you know, building separate timelines for the people that need to know certain things rather than this huge inclusive timeline like I use. Um, be wary of that and know that roll with it. I think we've said that in multiple podcasts, like roll with it, enjoy your day. Don't get hung up on all the little things. Um, it's your big day. You're married. Nobody cares if you can sparkler exit doesn't happen. Just, just keep going. Yeah. Just, uh, hire, hire good people and, uh, they'll help keep you, uh, you know, on, on target with the things that are really important. Like a DJ will make sure that you eat dinner on time and uh, a good DJ will tell you to make sure that you eat and uh, do things to help try and isolate you from 
the uh, gratuitous conversations while you're while you're trying to be in the middle of food. So, but again, it, it's like you said, weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And that's how we recommend putting together a day of schedule. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep in the loop with our future topics. And until next time, take care. Cheers, everyone. Happy planning. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got some helpful insight as you plan the big day. So until next time, I'm Tara with the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. And I'm Josh. Please make sure to subscribe to our channel and rate and review us if you like what you hear. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info. Happy wedding planning!